Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 118 for February 7th, 2017, exactly. Uh, well, let's do the old intro. For anybody who's new to this podcast, and I sincerely hope there are many new people, because we can't keep coasting on the ten who listen, um, we are three guys who love to make stuff out of different stuff that we find, um... We all come at it from a different sort of point of view. Um, more, I mean, our caricature kind of characters here are that I'm the white collar guy, Bill's the uh, blue collar guy, and Tim, you're either wearing a crew neck or a plaid shirt. I'm not sure, whatever. Mm. Right? No collar, I think, is where we're going with that. Yeah, no collar or plaid collar. We haven't decided which is better yet to represent the sort of artsy guy, I guess. Right. The no right. job. The fedora. Guy. fedora you're just lucky you wear a shirt. Artsy guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, you are lucky I'm wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's what that is. Um and that's that's what this podcast is about. Mm-hmm. We we generally, you know, just sort of pick a topic and then come at it from our three points of view, all while, you know, manifesting this passion for for making with upcycled material. Um that that silliness out of the way, let's uh dive right into what we we've been promising for like I don't know, a Since month. Since the year began, yeah. Since the so a month, yeah, yeah. Um, we are going to talk about. Well, I'm just going to list out here all of our Patreon supporters. So, well, what is Patreon though? Uh, why don't you tell me what is Patreon? Well, okay, so a blue collar perspective of what Patreon is is an opportunity for anybody out there listening to help us out a little bit, give us some support. Uh, Patreon.com. I if it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't know what it was. Other than I I patronize other people. But um, so yeah, yeah anybody yeah. that that wants to uh, help us out can do so by by uh, supporting us on Patreon, and by doing that, every now and again, what we'd like to do is just say thank you to every single person out there that does, and that's what you're about to do right now. Can I, since since we get a blue collar impression, can I do the no collar impression? Well, it's a place where creativity is fostered by the generous economic development and growth of culture. How was that? Right. Was that good? All right. Let me give you the brass tax then, okay? <laughs> Mr. White Collar, go. I'll, I'll give you the brass tax. Basically, it's crowdsourced patronage of the arts. So someone likes what you do, they kick a couple of bucks your way, and, and that's what it is. <laughs> Patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. And uh, the other thing that we that – we, very important to mention is that we also do a pre-show, and it's usually somewhere between 20 and 25 minutes, and it's a little bit more R-rated, and it's us being you know a, a little less – not, I don't want to say the word professional. S- scripted. A little less L- scripted. A little less scripted. Well said. A little less structured. And uh, it's a lot of fun because, you know, you get to see kind of the behind the scenes of what goes into making these podcasts. So that's for a buck. You know, you get to see that all the way up to, well, I'll read off the first name here on Patreon and you get to see what he gets. So um, without further ado, here's that list. Um, our our only $75 patron right now is Keith Decent. And what that does is that gives him a guest spot on the show. Uh, so he's going to be on, uh, he's going to be on this month and we just got to hammer out, uh, a date with him and we're just sort of working it out together. Um, at the $25 level, which is, we have currently have one who is make, build, modify. We get a, a 30 minute hangout, uh, with him. He gets it with us. I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, you know, we get a 30 minute hangout and, uh, we're generally a little bit more generous with the time than that. And, uh, we actually, I think we're due. We I think owe we, yeah. we owe him. We might owe him a couple. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the next category here is the $10 spots. And what that does is on a week-to-week basis, you get your name read out as a top Patreon supporter. Um, and so here, I'll, I'll read out that list. Uh, Ryan Ridgely uh, from Barnrat Studio. Brad Dudenhofer, who is brand new from Hartwood, Wood, HeartwoodWorkshop.com. I bet when you got that domain, you weren't thinking it'd be such a tongue twister, but here we are. Uh, Jeff <laughs> Shaw, who is Rody Jeff. Jim Bashir's Leatherneck Garage, who's, who's Mike Jeffcoat. LiquidRC.com. Marcin Shichapinski, Infinite Craftsman. Shane Bronson. Uh, Chad Grossclaws from Mancrafting. Greg Mead. Scott Turner. And, of course, the godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Um, in that list also is actually Stu Morrison, but, like, 
he decided not to be part of the $10 thing for whatever reason, but you know, we, we don't really listen to that and <laughs> I put him in there. So, uh, Stu Morrison, and then I'm going to just read the rest of them because, uh, that's, we got a lot of way to go here. Uh, Sean Osteen, David Bellhorn, Daryl Cooksey, Stan, uh, Stan Pierce, who's brand new. Thank you very much, Stan. Uh, Christopher Pixley, Robert Hamblett, Khalifa, Square Splinter, Josh Kennedy, Maker Geek, Factotum Industries, Bryce Stoddart, Rachel Steele, Keith Johnson, Joe Pierce, Tasman, Camille G, Maker on the Move, Dominic Bender, John J. Hilgers Jr., Nick Carruthers, Steve from Moonshine Metalworks, Matt Valbrecht, uh, Wigwag Workshop, Jasic, uh, Jasic Nakonichny, Making at Home, Steve Mosley, G Customs, Tony Rouleau. I said that slow because, man, that guy's awesome. Jim Marulo, Daniel Hadju, Chuck Curtis, Matt Williams, Master of None, Jaron Clock, Jim Ketchum. Hey, Tim Sway. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Bill, <laughs> Bill Lutz, you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Tim just, Greenwood. I just want to hear my name on the radio. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Uh, Gary Fuji, Jim at Wave Creative, Alan Canterbury, Phil Patrick, Dave Morris, J.M. Tussis, Michael Bielner, Matt Parker, Joel Crawford, Chris McIntosh, Laura Kampf, Jackson Lindner, Le Pic Bois, Jackman Works. They're together. It's so funny because they're such good friends that they're together in the list, which is weird. Um, Live Free and DIY, Dave Bauer, Nick Ryan, Scott Hahn, Marcus. Why isn't Marcus's name on here? What's what's Marcus's full name again? Hoffman. 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 That's what I thought. Marcus Hoffman. And uh, and that's and I have Greg Keen here. Uh, yep, that's where. And Greg Keen. That's the last one. Wow. Wow. So that is that is yeah. quite the list, and we are super appreciative. Uh, you see why we don't uh, read it off every single week because that would that would be the podcast right there. Mm. That's but, that's uh, quite humbling, actually. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you, everybody. Wow. Thank, yeah. Thank you to every single one of you. Indeed. Yeah, Tim, you should probably say it out loud. Oh, so I, uh, you couldn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> try to be, try to be a little appreciative of our Patreon people. Uh, Jeez, I'm, come on, I'm speechless over here. Okay. It is uh, amazing. Thank you very much, everyone. Okay, good. All right. And, uh, okay, we're all on board. Okay, great. So uh, let's see. Uh, next up on the agenda here, what we're working on. Uh, let's mix it up. I'm gonna on. I'm gonna go first. Um, what am I working on? I did some engraving for this chess set because I sold that, so I, I did that. I got to play with the V-carve bit a little bit on my uh, on my CNC. And what else did I make? I, I had to do a uh, one of these rolling trays. And I don't know what I did, but I pressed a button and the, uh, I don't know, the CNC sort of veered off its path a little bit. So I had to trim the tray and then re-glue on a piece, another piece of wood and then... Kind of fix that a little bit, which I guess is a mulligan. Did you? Uh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Did you hit stop? Yes. Did you hit emergency stop or stop? Stop. That's the problem. Stop what? It pulls into the piece. If you hit stop, it yeah. will just be like, all right, let me just walk over here and get out of the way, and it kind of and it kind of screws everything up. But if you hit emergency stop, it just goes oh full full. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's because when, when you hit because when you hit stop, there's still code that's sort of queued, and it just sort of like jumbles out. Where's the emergency oh. stop? Just cuts the code. But then it's you kinda, lose your X Ys. It, it's kind of like print, right? When your computer, sometimes when you got too many things printing, you push stop. You think you've stopped printing, but it's got a bunch of stuff waiting to print. Exactly in the queue. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think you. I don't think you lose your X Y if you hit emergency stop. I remember you saying that. But all right, that's fine. Listen, I don't. I don't do it very often. But this. This was kind of annoying because it was mm-hmm. like perfect. I press stop, and then it's like, ah, screw you. Yeah, I've had And then it ruined the piece a little bit. So I had to cut off the end and then re-glue another piece on. And that's not such a big deal, except that I had to glue it on end grain to end grain. So hope nobody's rolling too hard on there. (laughs) Okay. So so I don't know how that works. Uh, And that's – what else did I do this weekend? Did I do anything else? Nope. That's that's it. That's all I worked on. What What about you, Tim? Um, I, uh, I, I just released a video of what my guitar, I made this guitar like five months ago for Vectric and I brought it to a conference where I spoke about it. And, and the idea was that we were sharing plans with the Vectric community for free to make this sort of strange guitar that comes apart. And, um, and I finally got to release the video to the public and I was like super, I'm super excited about it. And in, in the time since I made that five months ago, I've had ideas 
to sort of develop it. And so mm-hmm. I've been working on those, and I'm going to have those ideas out pretty soon. I'm really excited about that. And other than that, I think I probably need to start looking for customers again because mm. I don't think I have anything lined up for a customer right now. I've, I've been doing some shop projects and some videos, which is great, you know, but um, they don't necessarily pay the bills. So <laughs> Right. What, what do you do to find customers? How many rocks do you lift? Um, I usually just sit and think positive thoughts. And let them come to me. <laughs> and then? It actually kind of works. No, what happens is I start, <laughs> is seriously, the way it tends to go is I'll start, I'll be like, I'll be so busy, be like, I'm not taking any more customers. I got to get this stuff done. I got to do some stuff for myself. And I got to stop taking customers. And so I'll do that. Then I get to this point where I'm like, oh, crap, I stopped taking customers. And now I don't have anybody lined up. Uh, I need to do something about that. And usually right in that period, like, like just things just work out. Huh. Like that's, that's, must, that's, must be nice. Yeah, things things just work wow. out. But that's but that's life, though. I mean, if you stress over things all the time, no, it doesn't actually no. help. Well, the stress part I agree with, but that's yeah. not usually life. Usually, yeah. life is if you don't take care of stuff, it don't happen. Here, uh, uh, well, I'm uh, I'm not saying I don't do anything. Okay, I, and I'm gonna. Well, this, this is, is what I want to hear. What's a thing you do? I well, I I, <laughs> I, uh, I do believe in the power of positive thought. I uh-huh. do I do search. Craigslist, but the most important thing I do is I maintain my name and reputation. So I have customers call me, like people like, "Oh, I met so and so, and you know, and I saw this, or hey, can you make me one of these? Or I loved you made this for me four years ago." Can you, uh, you know, it's just that very slow word of mouth growth. And um, it's not like it's not like it's just oh, hey, everything's coming up roses all the time. But I do believe in this. Uh, the I think it was Lao Tse who said, "He who grasps lets slip." Yeah. And I always picture uh, sand in your hand, like you're at the beach. And if you and if you don't cup your hand, you don't hold sand. And if you squeeze your hand, you don't hold sand. And that's my approach to business: is to not squeeze too hard, but also not not try. Hmm. And it works. Hmm. Do you ever you take your email addresses of your customers? And when I have them, I mean, I don't cold call them. Not cold call, but, but you know, you send out periodic emails that say, "Now schedule available." You know, get your additional pieces of I don't know whatever the e blast is, but it's important to develop that list. And for those people who, um, you know, do not believe in the power of positive thought, I would encourage you to keep a, a strong, healthy email list to e-blast your customers. Because Tim's right. You do want to, um, you know, maintain sort of that repeat business kind yeah, of Yeah, I don't think customers. I – I mean, it depends on what you're – if you're making like, you know, smaller items and stuff. Like when you're making like custom dining tables for people, I don't want to be like – someone buys a custom dining table. I'm not going to start emailing them quarterly saying like, hey, you need another dining table? Like that's not – No, but do you need a hutch? Do you need a coffee table? Do you need a desk? Yeah. Do you have friends that – I mean, you know what I mean? I don't, if you send yeah. an email quarterly, pfft, you could send quarterly emails. That's nothing. Once every three months? Yeah, I suppose I could. And I do use custommade.com. I mention that site a lot. And I, yeah. and I, I check that when I'm looking for stuff and – uh, and I have like what I have is I have a bunch of irons that are not in the fire, but they're like leaning against the stove. So you know you just <laughs> they're lukewarm. Yeah, they're you know. So you just like every once in a while one of those irons, be like, oh, I got to put that in. You know, so see what's what. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, that's me. Uh, how about <laughs> how about reclaim Billio over here? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm still uh, just the whole sand in your hand thing. I was just thinking uh, one of my sayings is don't eat soup with a fork. But <laughs> very similar. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, what am I working? I, I just put out my video, so I, I finally and I know how long it's been because I said at the beginning Happy New Year of this video I just released. So that means I started it, and I remember just after New Year's, um, finally released the, the the table saw sled video that morphed into two table saw sleds, one cross cut and one miter sled. And um, it was fun. I made it out of a couple of uh, Ikea tables that I found, um, used the tops, and it was, it was good. So uh, check out my new video. And what I'm going to be working on, I think, for my next video, and this also kind of segues into our topic, which is revisionist history. And if I understand that revisionist means you revising, history means something in the past. So if I could revise something in the past... We agreed last week that we would talk about some of our videos, the projects that we have uh, recorded on film for everybody to see, and what would we do different or, or something. So one of them was I made that um, angle grinder the, into a bench grinder. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. So, Why would you so, not do that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's not that it was good or bad. It was like the reason for me 
why I want to, uh, this is going to be another video I'm going to do. I got a couple of requests to ask, how, how would you do that in metal? Why well, I, I originally did have one made in metal. That's where the idea came to make one in wood. Um, but the metal one I welded together. So I was thinking, what can I do differently to make that better, a little stronger, a different design? I will make it out of metal, reclaimed metal, like bed frames, whatever tubes mm. that I find. And I'm going to make it so you can just cut the metal and screw it together and make that fit onto the angle grinder. So that's that's my next build video, and also a, a video that uh, or a project that why what I would do differently, and, and mainly for that one, the reason why I would change it up is to just try and give somebody a different approach to it. So that's one reason for me to to do a project differently to to uh, to revise the history of something is to redesign it, come up with mm -hmm. something the same concept, but you know how would you build it differently? So there you go, segue and everything all into. Here we are. Go. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. I guess the first, we. I mean, the concept of this was that we were each going to do three videos that we we change or do something with, right? And, and the Talk reason about, we're yeah. And the reason we're, we wanted to keep the videos is so that way because people listening might not know what we're talking about. So this way we're going to put on the show notes on the reclaimed audio podcast.com page. We're going to put links to all the videos we're going to talk about here. So if you <laughs> want to see them, you can go check them out. Right, oh, Phil. Good. Oh, good. You've written a check. My butt's got a cash. Uh, <laughs> That's not hard. We'll just give you the link. Yeah, yeah, send me the Well, yeah, the idea is not, it's not about the video so much as we like our the listeners project. to be able to follow along. So yeah. a project that I built that I would change and why I would change it is the angle grinder into a bench grinder. I built this little stand out of wood. I would redo that in metal just for a, a, a concept change, a design change. And also, I don't want to weld it together because a lot of people don't have access. So how can mm. I make this in a way to where you can cut the metal in a certain way to be able to screw it together. It attaches to your angle grinder. You can mount that to your bench. You now have a bench grinder. Because that mm -hmm. video actually did really good for me. It's, um, I, don't, I don't know how many, 20,000 or so. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Or 12, good I don't know, something. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of my best <laughs> yeah. videos. 20,000 so. or 12 or, or six or 600 people. or whatever. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm not good with numbers, yeah. I watched it a couple times. But, it's it's yeah. more than the like 75 views I get. So I, I it, <laughs> it did really well. But there, it's I did have a couple people say, hey, I would like to make that out of metal. We've seen your metal one before. And I thought, well, I could show you how to weld it, but not everybody has a welder. So hmm. how about if I design this? You can cut up some bed frames and, and uh, square tubing. Mm. Attach it all together with some nuts and screws and a drill, a drill and a hacksaw, and you can make a one of these things. I'm into it. I might yeah. watch that. So you should definitely do it. Um, I won't. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Yeah, I won't watch it, but I'll look at the pictures when it's done. So, yeah, yeah, I mean that's what I'm really meant. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll skip to the end. Yeah, right. You still yeah. get you still get a click count for that. I think. I like to go to the beginning where he's surprised that we're watching yeah. the video. That's my favorite part. And then click to the end where you're surprised we're still watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're still here? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh. Right, oh. Focus, boys. Focus. Come on. Right. Now. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'll go next. If there's if there's yeah. a project that I would love to redo the video of, it'd be um, – I did a two-part – I can't even believe I did it. Two parts, how to make a whiskey gift box. So – when I made this video, I'd probably may maybe made one before, so I was still very new to it. One and, box or one video? Not to interrupt. But. Uh, one box. Okay. I'd made a oh, few videos okay. before that. So I'd, I think I'd made about, I don't know, six or seven videos before this one. And uh, so I wasn't very confident about how, how to use the stain and, uh, you know, the miters I, I weren't very good. Anyway, so I was really very much of a rookie as far as all the techniques that I'm showing in a video, which looking back on it now kind of feels – a little weird, like you don't really know what you're doing yet. You're speaking as though you're an expert. So it's a little cringy for me. Um, so, but now I've developed all of these tips and tricks as far as how to stain and how to make sure that you get everything to line up, you know, tight and I don't know all that stuff. And if you sort of look at, at the environment that I'm making in, it's, it's not clean and nothing's really super organized. Cause I was really at the beginning of my air quotes career here. So I, I would love an opportunity to redo that video. I'd make it in one part instead of two. And, uh, and I'd feel much more c confident in the information that I'm passing on. Maybe a title for a, a new video would just be uh, advanced whiskey box making. <laughs> advanced might be, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe more like Inter whis Inter whiskey mulligan or something. Yeah. I don't know. Intermediate. What, what, Intermediate. what I've learned. Yeah. yeah. That, that could be cool. 
That could be cool. I have to make these things all the time anyway. Mm. Uh, so yeah. But you're kind of an expert now, so that's that's you, cool. I, I I consider now I'm confident in saying I'm an expert in making this one specific box. You know what would be really cool is mm-hmm. if if someone is crazy enough to spend however many thousands of dollars to charge you one of those boxes to order another one again, uh, uh-huh. to to take your original video and actually do a, a like insert that into it. Be like, well, this is how I used to do it, and this is how I do it now that I've made a hundred of these. And this is how I used to do it when I made one. That might be a really interesting A-B comparison thing. Maybe, but I still make them one at a time. I'm not – I don't batch these. I didn't say batch them, though. Yeah. I just mean to show the differences. Oh, the... after I've made – okay, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm making 100 at once, but just like now that I made 100, I'm this much better. Like look at my right, minus right, here. Yes. Look at them now. So that way you can acknowledge your past and acknowledge yeah. – and that will help you maybe ease the cringe. You know? You, you know what else would be interesting actually just to build on that is that um, since I make these as a product to sell – I can show all of the things that, not corners that I cut specifically, but the things that no one's ever going to notice that cost time, which I don't need to do any, like I used to do like, I don't know, I used to do like locked joinery and, you know, all kinds of things that no one would ever notice. I do butt joints, screws, and then, uh, what's it called? Like with a dowel, the wooden cap or whatever that you do flush. What's that called? So plug? <laughs> plug, wow. yeah. So now I put plugs, yeah. right? So it kind of looks like a faux dowel. No one, anyone who's buying this, it's like you got to think of the mentality. It's not a woodworker that's buying this. A woodworker wouldn't buy this. They'd make it themselves. But a girlfriend who loves her boyfriend is buying this, and neither one of them knows anything about woodworking, and it would never be like, how come it wasn't made with miters? It's made with butt joints instead. So I've developed all these things that let me save time while still putting out a quality product. And I think that maybe is an interesting perspective. Well, you know, as long as it looks good, right? Yeah, no, of it course, looks, it always looks good. It's, it's it's as advertised, and it looks good, and the customer knows. If you're showing if you're showing a picture of a dovetail box in your listing, and then you give no. them a butt joint and screwed box, then you're then you're kind of scummy. No, of course, but, you know, yes, yeah, I agree. I'm but not if doing you show them, if you're doing butt joints, then they look good, and they're seeing what it looks like before you make Absolutely. it. Then that's great. Yeah, hundred percent, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the thing about reclaimed is to try to get these like as much as you plain and square and true. This stuff always moves so much, way more than. I don't know. I don't want to say non-reclaimed wood, but certainly not pallet wood or two by fours or whatever it is. There's a lot of movement. So when you and I, that's why I sort of abandoned going with miters is because it it never stays straight. No matter what, even if you cut perfect forty fives, I don't know. It always warps, gets a little rounder. So it made it way more difficult to keep things square and true. And you're working with a lot of soft wood too, which is really yeah, the exactly. I mean, if you're yes. probably, if you're cutting walnut probably or oak, newer and yeah. wet, wetter wood as well. Because yeah. I'm, I'm sure the pallets that you're mm-hmm. using, you, you were saying, uh, come into work. Um, they're probably not, you know, that old beat up. No, they're still yellow. Yeah. yeah. So that's, 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 the that's problem, where yeah. your movement is. That's where your movement's coming from. Because, you know, I always, cool. thought, I always thought I couldn't make miters. I was like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I make miters? And then I made, then I made miters in a walnut. And I was like, oh, I can make miters. It's like, you know, there's yeah. like, there really is. A, it's not just that the wood's prettier, you know. Right. Yeah. It's stable. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? I didn't mean to drop Bill. Oh, not nothing. I was I was going to go to you. I was going to say, oh. know, what what's a project, and why would you change it, and what would you change? Well, I have I have walnut miters on the brain because that's the project I was going to talk about is a, uh, a a recent one, and actually the miters I would keep. <laughs> it was like the one thing that I would keep. But I made a few months ago for my for my kids for Christmas. I made a chess set. Um, it was a box out of uh, the idea was I made it all out of firewood, and the walnut was. Technically, it was cut down to be firewood, but it wasn't firewood to me ever. But you know, it was a log, and um, and I pulled some oak out of my firewood pile, and I wanted to make this little box that I could put chess pieces in and checker pieces in the this nine men Morris nine men's Morris game I had just learned about and whatever. But I didn't plan it properly. Like I made this beautiful box, but I couldn't make. I wanted to just do a sliding lid, you know, like and and it was just too small. Like I, I don't know. I just don't know what the heck I was thinking because I, I couldn't make <laughs> the board like that would fit into this, like the pieces, the, the squares had to be too small to fit the board. And I was like, oh, I thought I'd be able to make it sort of like, so just the edges would, would be like this, the, the ones around the edge would be a little small, the squares, but it was so warped. But it was just like anything you did, the pieces didn't fit. It looked horrible. And then, and then the first one I made, I screwed up and I ended up having to like remake it. And so I had to make it out of plywood because it was too, this whole thing. So I ended up making a beautiful board to go with the box mm-hmm. afterwards. But the board's a normal size. The box is like half the size. Like they don't go together. So now you're walking around this open box and this. And it's like, why didn't I just like take 10 minutes to 
to just like draw it on a piece of paper or something <laughs> and just like just figure this stuff out. Like, what is wrong with me? Why didn't I? I wanted it to be small, but like, I was like, I, you can't just go arbitrarily small. You have to put a little bit of thought into small, you know? And that's, so that's my one that I'm just like, I was so mad at myself. I mean, this beautiful box and this beautiful chessboard, and they just don't fit together, you know? Hmm. Well, you, you were intending to give that prototype as a gift. Well, I made two, I made two of them, and they both have the same size. <laughs> uh, okay. So you did it twice. So, so I well I made them together as a batch. I, I made one for my son and daughter, and then one for my my nephews. And right. um and I made like the little I did on the CNC. I did like the checkers. I yeah. cut I put their initials in, and I did like a three D carve of their initials. And I made the check the the chess pieces pretty normal, like the normal uh, Bauhaus thing that we've been doing. And and then I went to make the board. And I did the square thing, you know, cut out make a cutting board. And it just like I was like not gonna fit. It's like an inch bigger, you know. Right. Yeah. And so now and the box is made and beautiful, and the miters are perfect. Which has never happened before because I was always using yellow palettes, you know. Right. <laughs> so, so let me get this straight because I, I, I think I just now caught on to what you're saying. So you're saying that the checkerboard pattern you were going to use for the lid to the box, but when you cut it down to actually fit the box, now the little squares were smaller on the outside edges than they are you're, in the middle. Basically, the little squares on the outside edges were gone. They're, like I thought, I, would lose like a, <laughs> I just didn't do the math right. I thought I'd lose like a quarter right. inch around it. So you didn't okay. have enough actual, the checkerboard wasn't actually it, enough. It was basically a like, six by eight instead of an eight by eight board. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Yeah, it was, it was, I was, I was mad. That's six by seven, I guess. It would be like, what was usable, you know? Who'd you chop out one of the bishops? If I had to, if that was the way to go. Well, I went, I, I did it uh, at a plywood on the CNC and I just, I cut a small board that would fit in there. I was just able to like, what I did right. is I stained the wood, the the, mm-hmm. uh, the piece of half inch plywood, and then I just scratched the white squares off um, on the CNC. Right. And just to finish the video, because I was also a sponsored video, so I had to get that done. And so I put the lid in the video. I was like, here, here's your freaking chessboard. I made it. And then it's <laughs> put, put the video out. And then I made a checkerboard that, you know, that didn't fit. The, that didn't right. look like a nice finished product. You made it nice, with it. right. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, you know, I love it. But. Can I ask you an off-topic question? Who, me? Yeah, or both of you. What is a domestic species of dark wood that's easy to get that isn't walnut? Mahogany. It's not domestic, though. It's not? Well, it's no, readily it's, available everywhere. It's from Africa. Yeah. Um, or South America. Well, that's that's Brazilian mahogany. is different. That's a different... Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, that's... I guess that's a good question. I, we, there really isn't the wrong one. people. We don't really know a lot about wood, I don't, though. I don't think there is one. Redwood. Redwood's kind of dark. Yeah, um, we, we don't have that around here, though. Conifer is kind of dark. Conifer um, is a pine tree. Yeah, but it's like a reddish... It's almost like a redwood. It's like... Well, there's like red, there's like red cedar. Yeah, I mean, that's you know well, the heartwood of that is really dark. And um, that's what else? Interesting. Red oak. Just because I, I want to make another what about one. Cherry, of these? cherry. Mm, yeah, that's that's yeah. It's like the, darker than maple. Yeah. Red no, the oak? sapwood gets dark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Red oak. Because I wanted to make another one of these chessboards, but I don't have any more walnut, so I have to and figure out. Or I mean, uh, chestnut. Well, I would if I had to, but it's hard to, to come by because it means I actually have to go to, like, we don't have woodcraft here, so I actually have to go to, like, a lumber yard. You, That's you actually can, a better deal for you. No, I know, yeah. but it's not easy to get to. Yeah, and you you can order that stuff online from, like, you know, not yeah. woodcraft, but there was a woodworker source. I incredibly weird about yeah. ordering wood online. Me too. You, isn't it weird that chessboards, though, are, are kind of – that's that could be a topic all in itself of, of optional ways of creating – checkerboard patterns because mm. you don't always have access to to different colored woods they just have to be contrasting right yeah yeah exactly yeah you know i, I mean, mean you can stain it but that gets tricky when you're gluing it sanding. together because and you sanding. Sanding. Yeah. yeah well you can it just it gives you that weird kind of effect <laughs> i guess distressed chess mm. yeah you know you know what you can do you can stain stain one board I'm just thinking out loud here. Stain one board, the other board you don't stain, and you do all your cuts. And when you cut it, that cuts the stain off the edge, right? So it will glue together. Do your whole checkerboard pattern. Glue a lip, or, uh, a, a edge band around it, but just like an eighth of an inch higher, and then just epoxy over it and make it level that way. So you, like, you, still, you still have to sand because you're going to have splinters and edges. and Not well, if you're gonna really be... careful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and don't get any <laughs> glue squeeze out. <laughs> Not only that, you got, you've got, but you're cutting cross grain to get the checkered pattern. You're for sure going to get some 
tear out or something that needs to be sanded. Um, you have little faith. You need to change your blade. I'm just trying. I'm just trying okay. to help. All right. Okay. You know. All right. Jeez. Or you can go to your online wood store or whatever. <laughs> All right. Let's. let's that sounded let's, really uh, bad. <laughs> okay. Next. All right. Yeah. Let's. Let's. Yeah. Let's keep it going here. Um, yeah, let's keep these uh, your, your next clean. Yeah. He so, knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Why do you think he's so itchy? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, uh, so one I would change, and the the reason for being is that. Somewhat like your chessboard, Tim, I, I started doing this project. Everything was going exactly as I had intended, and that was my mistake because I made the that table of light, my Scott Turner uh, challenge. He, I had this giant um, yeah. uh, light fixture from a warehouse, like a giant. I turned that upside down. I turned it into this giant bowl. I filled it with glass. I filled it with rocks. I filled it with all this pretty uh, sea glass, uh, all this, all these things. Right. And then the idea was, is to fill it with epoxy and then make a tabletop out of it and light it from underneath. And it would be really pretty. Well, this thing is probably two gallons deep. It's at least two gallons. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. And, and I just, I, I, if I would, I guess I could have ordered like, you know, two gallons worth of epoxy online, but I was thinking I would run to the big box store, buy the little, quart size of epoxy and because it was already filled up to the top with all this material it wouldn't take much like when you pour a drink you add a bunch of ice to it you only add a little bit of whiskey the damn thing looks full right right <laughs> not so with the epoxy i ended up buying 150 dollars worth of epoxy it was literally like oh my uh, god one two three yeah five or six boxes of the little quart sizes and all I had to do on this, if I would have thought this through, all I had to do was create a false bottom with a piece of clear acrylic. Yeah. It glue that in, seal it, and then it, the light shining through, it would still look like it was that deep. Now this thing weighs 150 pounds. And I, <laughs> again, I spent all this money on the epoxy because once you start, you can't stop. I poured in my first, the whole yeah. two quarts, and I'm like, I can't even see it. I can't even see the epoxy. It's like, it's not, and you just keep adding and adding and adding to it. So. Wow. Thinking something through a little bit more, that's that's one I would have done because as soon yeah. as I started, you know, like with the fourth box of epoxy that I bought, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, why didn't I just simply create a false bottom on it out of clear acrylic? It would have the same exact look like you were saying, Phil, with your whiskey boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to look like the real thing. It would have weighed a whole lot less and it would have cost me a whole lot less money for this thing. Now, it turned out fun and it's a neat light and i appreciate it but that's one of those if i had just thought it through a little bit it would have saved me a lot of uh, a lot of uh, stress and <laughs> and money <laughs> yeah 150 yeah. do you know how much online wood you could get for that <laughs> <laughs> well when you go to the big box store it's 25 bucks for that little box and it comes yep. with i think a pint or whatever i don't know what size of it two it's, small yeah, two two pints makes no two quarts what? right Something like know. that. It's like a, a liter size bottle, like a bottle yeah. of water size bottle. Oh, like right? a liter cola. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like you get a bo- the A and the B, twenty five bucks. I end up, you know, whatever that goes into, six boxes of that, hundred fifty yeah. bucks. Yeah. Wow. It was ridiculous. Tim, yeah. Super Troopers. You never saw Super Troopers? No, that one I have not seen. It's yeah. what? No wonder you guys keep not getting that reference to liter cola. You have to watch it right now. Okay. Because I, I, I made that reference in a previous episode and somebody reached out to me and said, I can't believe they didn't get it. It was hilarious. You know, what's funny is that um, you probably referenced that a bunch of times and we just ignore you. <laughs> yeah. Probably. No, I see the looks on your faces. I know what's going on. Anyway, so that's so thinking something through is definitely a good reason to go back and redo something, I would think. Thinking through. Hmm, I'm not sure I'm ready to recommend that course of action. Yes. Well, slow down. Hang on. This, yeah, isn't, like some, this isn't the Wood Whisperers podcast yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> this is reclaimed like, audio. We're not thinking through. We're just doing what, stuff. What's this under me? Oh, oh, that's the seat of my pants I'm flying by. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rain it in. Rain it in. What do you got going, Phil? Um, what I like... I would love to redo the um, the reclaimed screw tote. Remember, I did the screw tote and yeah, like yes. like fifteen people redid the video. So I like the end product. Okay, there's nothing wrong with it, and and I know we're deviating a little bit from the rules here, but I actually would like to redo the video itself. One for the ridiculous reason that it was seventeen and a half minutes long, and it didn't <laughs> definitely didn't need to be. I took care of that so, for you. Yeah, it was a bit of an opus. So but, did about eight other people, I think. But. Uh, we're into the teens of people who said they could do a better job than me, and they were right. 
<laughs> yeah, but, with your stuff too. <laughs> the best yeah, part. exactly. That's the whole thing. Yeah. But, but I can be a better Phil than Phil. <laughs> not the first time. Um, but the real reason is that I did I did fast motion in it, which is sort of like a technique which I've stopped doing. Right, like the sped up video. Because I like to show things in real speed, like cutting and trimming and all this stuff. Anything that's going to be dangerous, I want to show it at real-time speed to make sure that it's well understood what's going on here. And in this video, I, I still don't – I'm like my mind is blown as to what I was doing here. I spent almost 20 minutes, and I did the fast motion through the like the most dangerous appearing parts. And if I could, I'd redo it so that you could see that what I was doing was actually not particularly dangerous. But a lot of the comments I got, I was like, oh, I can't believe you almost cut off your fingers – I'm like, yeah, genius. It was at a thousand speed. You know, like, so it's whizzing. I'm cutting all the notches, right, for the, I guess, the dividers. So when you're doing it at ten times speed, it looks like you're whizzing through it. But really, is you know, it's normal. Mm-hmm. So it was fine. Everything was safe. So I, that for that reason, for the for the safety reasons, I would have liked to have focused more on the important parts. And as I mentioned, this this easily could have been a five minute video. <laughs> probably gotten well, you, a lot more views you're actually really good at the tutorial and the explaining type videos mm. and um i can see how that would bother you looking back on it. it's like oh man the parts that i should have slowed down in i didn't and you know, right I, and i took too long everywhere else yeah but it spawned like a, a whole a whole little fun time with other people oh, yeah, yeah. Fun with the video so i don't regret it for that reason but i would if in the in the course of this exercise that we're doing right now, I would love to just be able to slow down in the parts where, you know, there's some perceived danger and actually show that there isn't. I mean, there always is, of course, but that I was being safe is what I'm yeah, trying to say. Yeah, yeah, right. I understand. Yeah, yeah that's where, where, <laughs> where I'm going with that. That's what we're talking gotcha. about. Gotcha. Okay. Got it. Team oh, money. Good. good. Go. Um, me. Okay. Uh, I had, like I said, I had a couple windows open here that I, until I stopped myself. This one goes back about a year and a half ago. I made, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I made a ukulele out of my old compact disc. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. And the rivet uh, gun. I saw that. Uh, yeah. And, and, uh, cause I just, I, you know, I have like, I, I made a solo album and I had the CD. I have like a thousand of these stupid CDs left and I thought it'd be funny to make something out of them. And then it got kind of meta when I was like asking viewers, like, what should I make? And everybody's saying a guitar. And I didn't want to, I thought it'd be really cool to make an acoustic, like make it so they were not just like, you know, a, like a epoxy dip it type thing. Like, you know, like, like the sync that Bill was just talking about, like, cause I, I could, you know, make a mold and fill it with CDs and pour epoxy over and make some heavy guitar, but I wanted to make it hollow. And, uh, and I made it. And I and I wanted to make it as hollow and light as possible, and I knew, you know, Bill, when you make the cigar box guitar, it's the same way. You have the you have a block of wood that runs through the center, that right. is the structure, and then you have a box around it. And right. I knew that that was what I was supposed to do, but I got cocky, and I decided to just cut a block for the tail, and then I had the block for the neck, like a real acoustic guitar, to keep the whole body hollow. And I knew that obviously that it wasn't it would just crush under the tension of the strings. So I did that. So I used a drumstick. <laughs> and I just ran a drumstick from from one end to the other, so it was like basically like a you know a five eighths inch dowel hmm. running from one to the other. And I was like, that'll that'll hold it, and it did for a, long enough to record the music uh, for the video of me playing it. And then the next morning, it was a potato chip; it was curled up, you know. And uh, and now it's on the wall of shame. But if I had just not <laughs> been Is that a real place, yeah, the wall of shame in my shop, you know, where I have all my failures it's a, it's the wall of it's the wall of um inspiration slash wall of shame i have all the beautiful things that people give me and then i have all the things that i screwed up on the wall so um, it's a load-bearing wall yes exactly <laughs> but, um, uh, wow that, 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 that was good. i even that's caught that good. as soon as it came out of your mouth i caught that that's how good that was <laughs> see see tim yeah okay so, sorry go so ahead. tim can you think of a um think of a flag um a commemorating flag box, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Triangle, yes. Triangle boxes, yeah. yeah. If you just simply would have reinforced, because I'm going to make a couple of screw-on-neck cigar box guitars, and the only thing oh, you cool. have to do is just simply uh, reinforce that inside frame. So you made that triangle. If you would have simply put like a flag box reinforcement of solid well, that's, wood. That's exactly what I did want to do, because the whole point for me was is I wanted it to be the CDs that were resonating. I wanted those to be the right. resonance. So I, was, so I was like, I'm going to put the support in the center. If I had just put two drumsticks down the center, it would have been enough to keep it from caving in. Like probably. probably. Or yeah. or if I just made it one whole darn block of wood, which would have been the simplest, easiest way to do it. 
it would have, and, and then it wouldn't have mattered. I could have made the box out of paper mache, and it would have been fine. You know what I mean? Because the yeah, be well, solid. Did, yeah, yeah, all the, yeah, all the way through. Could have also cut strips out of the CDs and then and then reinforced certain areas like the corners and no, no. You, uh, there's got to be some kind of support structure in that because the CDs are plastic. So unless unless like you said, you epoxied it and carved it out, making a hollow structure out of just those CDs, I cannot envision a way that that would have been. You made it. You make it a torsion box. They're really, you know, there's a reason people don't make a lot of stuff out of CDs. <laughs> what? Uh, they're really, they're really not fun to work they're, with. They're but thin I, and brittle. I yeah, mean, I, yeah, and I still have. I mean, I, I did discover ways to, you know, to to melt them and and shape them and cut them like that. Use heat to cut them is like really what you have to do. And then you can use acetone to stick them together. But even that wasn't uh really strong enough for other thing i wanted to do so i was using epoxy and rivets and and then just you, you can't even drill them you have to i was heating up stuff and poking holes in it and then i could drill and they just every other one would break but i still have like a couple hundred of them <laughs> so i might, you know it's one of those i have that is something i'd like to revisit of all the stupid things i've made over the years that's one of the things i want to revisit is my the the stupidest ca activator that would have been the glue to use no I still no don't ca glue so. doesn't glue that together Re- even with an activator it's just the the chemical properties. There, there's a reason they keep CA glue in a plastic bottle because it doesn't adhere to plastic. It, you know, it's almost I'm like, pretty it's over like, two here. It's 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 almost like think of it this way. It's almost like trying to glue together sheet metal. It's just not something you could do. Um, yeah, it holds a little, but not. It, it you can make bonds. it whole, but it doesn't you're not bond. Get, right, you'd almost have to with that plastic with the CDs. You'd almost have to forge weld it together if there was some. Which way to I do did that. do in the video. I used a, a soldering iron. Yeah, I but melt, you, I, I mean melted, literally to build I melted up the them thickness. together, right? Yeah, to build but up I, well, I would just I would just sort of melt them together, like draw lines in between the two of them and plastic I, weld them. I, I'm going to ask everybody here and uh, that's listening. I think we should write Tim and ask him to redo that video because that actually, knowing what you know now, that would be a neat video to make a uh, a different type of. Oh, I know I could do so much better now, but it's yeah. hard. Like when you dedicate so much time to to do something that just basically costs you time and money, it's hard to like jump at it again. You yeah, know, it seems like it sounds like but, a pain uh, in the butt. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, if I could get like like uh you know cd baby to sponsor or something you know that'd be awesome like if anybody that works at cd baby or some other cd manufacturing place that wants to put me in contact with someone that would be willing to sponsor a video of me making a ukulele out of compact discs yeah it's Does anybody work at Tim's, at columbia house council at timsway.net just right <laughs> <laughs> just like you get 20 cds for like uh 99 cents yeah. that's the thing I have plenty of CDs. That's not a problem. I have a whole look. I mean, I know it's audio, but I have this whole 200, 200 would be plenty. 500 CDs up there that I'm never going to listen to again. Never mind the, the 500 CDs I have that have my picture on them. <laughs> well, send me a couple hundred of those CDs and I'll make one. Maybe I will. If you would need that many because you're going to break half of them. Uh, I agree to disagree. Do not send me any of these. <laughs> Actually, I have the one, and you know, obviously, I listen to it on repeat every day. But apart from that, I'm good. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, we got time for another round. What time is it here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we good. Okay. Quick uh, round. Quick round. Yeah. Quick round. Well, quick round. One okay. I would redo for exactly what you were just saying for efficiency for, uh, you know, making it profitable. Uh, I built a gigantic shelf for my mother-in-law, and um, it was it was. Seven foot tall. I, I made a video out of it. It came out beautifully. And she actually commissioned me to do that. I wasn't going to accept any money. But looking at it as a commissioned piece of work, the one thing I built this thing, I, I made a, uh, a pattern to use the router by hand to create this Asian look around the trend. You know, it's called Big Red Mom is the name of the video. I remember it. Um, it, it came out perfectly. But what what caught, if I was actually doing that for a living, where I would have lost my butt on this is the when it came time to paint it. I did not – first I tried to roll the – I tried to use different types of latex and different types of, of, of rolling it on. Then I tried a spray machine, which is that spray machine I ended up giving to somebody. I, I ended up buying that just to try and get this stupid project over with, right? That's how I was frustrated I was getting because it was like, what am I doing wrong? So I ended up buying a whole bunch of spray paint in the cans to paint this stupid thing. And that was after having to sand it down and do all these things so many different times. So what I would change in that 
not so much the video itself because the video edited out to where you know I built it I painted it it came out great but what I would change about that is if you're gonna do commission work and I've done a little bit not like you two uh, over the years I would have built it and then I would have taken that thing to a cabinet shop somewhere or somebody who would have painted it for me and I would have paid to have somebody else paint it and I would have factored <laughs> that into the cost of the job because it just became so I lost the amount of time and effort I put into it, I didn't make any money at all. And mom paid me a good amount for it. Uh, mm. Just saying. So that's that's something I would, why I would have changed it was just to be more efficient. There's sometimes you got to, you got to. And your strengths. Yeah. You know, and, mm. and, and well, I think Jimmy even talked about this where he would, uh, sometimes he'd have stuff made because like, I don't have the time for this. You know, somebody hired me to deliver this product to them. They didn't ask me how I'm going to do it. I want, you know, so part of it, he had the work done over here. He gets it back. He puts it together. He does his spin to it. Same thing with that. I would have definitely taken that whole thing built. Here's to a cabinet shop and said, Hey, I want this, this color and then pay whatever price that is. So that's my, yeah. Yeah, they got the tools and the time, or the tools and the knowledge, you know. The tools and, and the knowledge. And the knowledge, yeah. And, you know, the the other thing, I don't know, is it just me, or is red, like, just a really hard color to paint? It's hard. I don't, I don't know enough about colors. I know that it spray paints just as easy as every other color. <laughs> I don't, but I don't think it does. I think it, like, doesn't, it, like, doesn't dry the same. It's, like, yep. thicker and. I, I don't know. More Runs. likely to drip. Yeah. Yeah, it clogs the tip faster. I don't know what it is. Yellow has been like that for me also. Yellow is. Very difficult for me. I oh, bet yeah. you there's some guys out there, that, guys and gals out there that actually spray for a living uh, and know what we're talking about. And yeah, how wrong colors we are. Made are. Of different things, right? There's well, just, like, whatever the pigments, pigments right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Again, there's I different mean, types of stains and paints, and I mean, there's so many different. I just whatever works. I know nothing about it, but that's not going to stop me from talking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, we would have ran out of stuff to talk oh, about two years ago. Then I'm going to talk about it like I know what I'm talking about. That's that's what we do weekly. <laughs> Um, okay, I'll do one real quick. Um, the other one, the other project that I would like to do over is the table that I made for my CNC machine. The top came out fine. I made it from pallet slats, but the legs, I use these little spindles from an old staircase and they're a little, you know, they're a little flimsy. So what I should have done, a little spindly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what I should have done is just made a two by two by four base. And now that I'm, I'm going to redo it because um, it takes up a corner where I use stuff behind it and I have no access to that stuff now. So I reach over, I pull out my back, yada, yada. So this thing's got to be rebuilt and I got to put casters on it so I can pull it out. Mm. So, so the lesson for me here, cause I try to give a lesson in each one of these do over things that we're talking about is that in this case, I tried to use reclaimed simply for the sake of reclaim. Like I have a whole bunch of these spindles. So I was like, what could I do with it? Even though it was kind of a little impractical for this specific project. You know what I mean? Like just because I have application. This, yeah. You know, like just because I have it doesn't mean I have to use it specifically for this next thing that I'm doing. I was, your Tim. I was at a junk store. Well, unless, yeah, if I get my teeth into something, I guess. But I was at a junk store a bunch of years ago and I bought a whole bunch of spindles because I was like, oh, these are awesome. They're like these like beautiful turntable legs. They're like a nickel a piece or whatever, you know, and yeah. I've yet to use them because every time I go to use them, they're not sturdy. They're like they're just they're not. Uh, there's nothing I can make out of them that they're they're gonna be good for like supporting you know yeah maybe a really small like a dollhouse table maybe I don't know you know, how tall are they uh, uh 20, 26 inches maybe yeah sounds inches. about right they're I literally have make, like dozens of them they're tall enough to make um like bar stools out of you would just have to brace brace it at the bottom yeah you could you could potentially could. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, four four four, four leg uh, bar stools. Hmm. Might be kind of cool actually if you did like um the if you did the crosses out of uh, so you put the four legs up or the spindles and then all the cross support out of steel. You know, hmm. you could make cool. a, a square a steel exactly. square. Yeah, and then yeah. sort of just like put them in and then make another steel square that fits in and forces it like them tight between the two squeal squeal <laughs> the two steel squares right and the squeals yeah you can actually um, use um and make use a uh, steel banding leader. and and make yourself rings that would fit around it too so here's, make, what yeah, 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 yeah. here's what i'm doing at the uh making it 200 i am uh i'm bringing you guys these spindles <laughs> <laughs> i got enough of my own i'm not going to use <laughs> you don't have well, to wait just mail them out we'll, we'll, yeah exactly yeah well I'll, I'll put them in the same box as the cds i'm mailing out to bill <laughs> perfect <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Tim, did you do three? Um, no, I'll do one more, okay. and then we'll get going. And it's quick. 
it's um uh it's from the same time period may of 2016 i made the uh a chair out of satellite dishes um it was it was was like this like months long thing for me i was like collecting asking everybody for satellite dishes driving all over to get satellite dishes and and i wanted to make the Eames style recliner chair out of the lounge chair out of out of satellite dishes and and i and i succeeded um but now that I've made one, I know I could make one that's awesome. Like this one's like, eh, yeah, like, it, yeah, ha ha ha. I get it. I know I could make one that's awesome now, but I know it will be like a ton of work, ton of time, and a ton of satellite dishes, which are you know not that hard to get. I just I don't like no, they're coming down now. Think of the yeah, tools well, that you have now that you didn't have then too. I mean, just that alone, right? I, oh yeah, the, the uh, plasma cutter. Yeah, no, I think I had the plasma cutter then. I don't remember, but but yeah, no, I would. There was so much. What I would do differently. The main thing I would do differently is like what I did with this one is I used all of the hardware that holds the satellite dishes up. Most of it is all made from that, and uh, and I basically just welded it all right to the satellite dishes, which are very thin sheet metal, which is a problem for anybody that knows who has ever welded thick metal to thin metal. It's you know, there's things happen and the thin metal melts away and stuff. So what I would do the the main thing I would do differently is I would create a very subtle frame that i would then later attach Mm. the uh the satellite dishes to and then that way i could upholster the satellite dish itself instead of creating a pulsar that i stuck onto the satellite dish and i could then screw them into if if i like i I could weld like bolts uh you know that the the insert the, the nut rather onto the satellite dish upholster over it and then i could put it to my frame and run a screw through the frame into the nut of the satellite to share you know and assemble like a proper chair would be assembled, like a proper Eames chair. That's basically how they were put together. Right. Instead of just like going, oh, I got a welder, I can make it a chair, you know, like to you know to actually like plan it. Again, it's <laughs> planning. Planning, right? <laughs> and, and for people that are wondering, you can actually weld thick metal to thin metal. It is a practice skill. I don't have yeah. it. I mean, I can get after I do it for a little bit, I start getting better. You basically have to pull up the thick metal, get it red and hot. Yeah, the, and yeah, exactly. Drag it over to the thin real quick and come back. That's the but, trick. But it, but it is possible. But yeah, it's real easy to blow right through that thinner stuff too, and it's all settings and whatnot. Yeah, it's 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 exactly it. You, you don't you never touch the gun right to the thin metal. You always like attack the thick metal and then just sort of push it to the thin. And then yeah. if you do it fast enough while it's hot, it'll just sort of cool and congeal. But if you have it setting that's hot enough to penetrate the thick metal and you touch it directly to the thin metal, the thin metal goes bye bye. So <laughs> that's the problem, you know. It was yeah. You ended, so you planning, like, planning. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we change the name of the episode to planning? Um, no, not revisions. Not all my lessons were about planning. I love revisionist history. I think that title is a great title for this episode. Good job. Should, should we? Thank you. Should we acknowledge it? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, we're, we're in case you don't know, there is a podcast called Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell, and it's, there's two seasons of it available, and, and it's worth listening to. And so we're not trying to make Malcolm Gladwell angry. We're saying we, we like you. And if you are angry, please email us at counsel so at timsway.net. <laughs> All will be taken care of. Yeah, yeah. There's no, no problemo there. Okay. All right. Uh, that was a really good. I enjoyed that. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, for I, the I, first time, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, so, I laughed and cried. <laughs> <laughs> 118 episodes, he finally yeah. likes one. That's yeah, that was oh, yeah. It was nice. It was nice. What are we watching? Uh, Tim, what are you watching? Uh, my Rock. Mirok. Mirok, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. I don't know. Mirok? Yeah, yeah, he's a, yeah, I don't know if he's Russia or Eastern Bloc, but um, you, you know who he is? Eastern, yes. He's the one who does all like the sustainer stuff. Is that him? Um, I don't know about that. I know that he makes wooden sustainers. He makes tools. Um, he's a CNC guy for the, a, a lot of it. And uh, but I know that when I was making my square, uh, someone had mentioned him. He makes squares and stuff on yeah. CNC, and he sells them and everything. And they're very very cool. They're different than mine, but they're like beautiful, amazing things. And I just saw his latest video. He made a. Um, I think it was his latest. He made a. Uh, an insert, and I was thinking of you, Phil, and me. <laughs> he made an insert for his um, his uh, bandsaw, like the the. the oh, the cool! Throat, yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. and so like you know what, it, what you know you cut out a piece of wood and you put it in there, and like I use aluminum. I th- aluminum, right? I think I I wadded up some bubble gum and shoved it in my whatever I did, some stupid thing. And he made mm-hmm. this beautiful brassy. 
He with like a hardwood, like an ebony inlay in it. He's got his logo oh, in there. He's got screws in it to adjust the the level of it. Like the screws go against the the, the feet that it sits on, so you can make it perfectly level. And stuff like like your table saw insert would have. You know, you have those little adjuster screws and stuff. It's just like right. the guy's just like uh, like brilliantly patient and you know CNC expert and makes you just. Beautiful. Oh, and then the and then right up against the blade, he's got uh, some kind of cl- uh, plastic polycarbonate or something um, that is adjustable, so you can slide. It. So as it gets chewed up, you can slide it. It, sli- it slides up against tight against the blade again, or oh, you can slide it back like uh, like a little. It's really really cool, really cool, and uh, I was very inspired by it. And, uh, nice. I hope I hope to be good enough with the CNC someday to to do something like that. Awesome. Yeah. Bill, what are you watching? Um, I'm, well, I'm hoping I can watch how to turn on a CNC one day. I, I don't even know how to do that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a cheesy road out, but it's not. Um, I, so this is kind of like a shout out and who I'm always watching, who I've been watching for 10 years. Um, saw on, I think it was Instagram, Mark Spagnolo, the wood whisperer. Um, he, he mentioned a product that he had bought and tried and said, Hey, I, I just let everybody know. I tried these things and they're pretty good. Blah, 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 blah. And, and they didn't work quite as I expected, but you know, so what? And then of course I had to mess with him and say, well, you know, it might be an issue. It's not the product. Maybe it's the person, blah, blah. It was fun to do. And, and Mark responded, but I got to thinking about it. This guy is the wood whisperer. He's one of the founding fathers of all things, YouTube, how to, woodworking he's the real deal he's not he's not in need of uh anything he's 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 the epitome of what it is to build a business and a lifestyle and be a part of a community uh i i just can't say enough good about mark he's been on our podcast the fact that he even responded to my comment that he knows my name i just it was an honor it really is an honor the guy's awesome i'm touting his name I don't care. If you don't know who Mark Spagnuolo, the wood whisperer is, and you are interested in woodworking, you need to watch his videos. You need to look into the Woodworkers Guild of America, uh, online classes, tutorials, videos. You can check that out. But here's the coolest part. In that line of comments, and of course, by the time I commented, there was probably, you know, a hundred people made comments. Oh, thanks, Mark. And well, oh, yeah, this product, blah, blah, blah. The manufacturer of that product actually said, hey, Mark, uh, we don't think it's the actual product. It might just be a bad unit. Please PM us, and we'd like to make this right. That, to me, is just like, how kick butt are you that you can say, hey, I tr-, he wasn't paid nothing. He says, hey, I just I tried this out. It was okay. No, no, no. And the, and the company is contacting you to say, hey, we'd, mm. we'd like to make this up to you. That's That comes from, Tim, you were saying your name and your reputation is very important. That's a good example of what having a good name and a good reputation will do for you over the long haul. Because Mark is, uh, uh, like I said, a founding father of the community. Check out the Wood Whisperer. Anytime I have a reference for woodworking that I need, he's my first go-to every single time. I will look at backlog of his videos if I have a... How to do anything woodworking? It's Mark Spagnolo. How to how to make a business? Uh, his wife is a big part of that business. Now they've built this empire, so to speak. Um, but it's just a family business. That's all it is. He, he he utilized the technology that was at hand at the day, and he he did this new thing. And I'm just I'm proud to call him a friend, and I want to give Mark Spagnolo some uh, props. He's a good guy. Would would you call him your best friend? No, oh, only no. I could do that. No, I I'm not. I, there's a con- I didn't realize it, but when I signed the contract for this podcast, Phil slipped that in there in the fine print. Not allowed to call Spags my best friend. So well, he's I, not. I talked so. to Mark about it, and we said, hey, it's not worth the hassle. So one BFF to the other, we decided to let Phil pretend, you know, that he's <laughs> special. Uh, sorry, uh, was uh, Mark a guest on another podcast, and he talked about you? Oh, no, uh, that was a me. (laughs) (laughs) You win. What are you watching? All right. Um, Well, before I get to what I'm watching, I wanted to do one of these. um, Well, it's a shout out. So uh, here's what's going on. There's this event. uh, I think it's happening in the UK called Maker Central. And at Maker Central, they have this thing called Swap and Make. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out the the little caption here that they put out because I want everyone to know about this. It looks really cool. So here's the idea behind this sticker. There are very few makers that don't have at least one box, drawer, or shelf holding offcut scraps or other bits and pieces that are kept, quote, just in case or, quote, for a future project. But in reality, if we're willing to admit it, 
will rarely get used. So in spite Spindle, yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, I can tell that a Brit wrote this because it's a run-on sentence with like five commas. That's the way they write. Um, so inspired um, by a similar... I'm not going to let you just slip this abject racism. It's not or, racism. Or, or culturism? What is it? I don't know. Just whatever. Just keep, Americans and Canadians making fun of Brits is nothing wrong Continentalism. With that. Come on, you guys. It's Continentalism. Fine. They're European. They're used to this. So... Uh, <laughs> So inspired by a similar idea. apologize to you for it. Uh, I'm sorry about the commas, Phil. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they should. There's too many. Break out your sentences. Jeez. Uh, So inspired by a similar idea by the team at Reclaimed Audio Podcast. Oh, that's us. Um, If you're you're going to Maker Central on the 5th and 6th of May at the NEC in Birmingham, UK, then consider yourself taking part in a swap and make. Bring along some of your reasonably sized and interesting stash as a challenge to another maker. Make something with whatever you get and share the results on your favorite social media. No prizes, no competition, just for the challenge and for some fun. So I thought that was really cool and in the spirit of what we do here, so I'm giving it a shout out. Can, can I translate that a little bit? Because it does not read really well. Uh, Bring a bunch of stuff, off, swap it, and make from it. Yeah, so Maker Central is an event much like Maker Fair, the Atlanta Woodworking Show. It's this huge everybody except us is going to in Birmingham. And what they're saying is, is that they came up with a sticker for this challenge, and it represents, and that's what the explanation was, bring some little nuggets, some little scraps, something like that, trade it, that when you go back home and everybody – you know, they make something and post it on social media from the stuff that they traded at their thing. But I am jealous. I, 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 I've never, well, farthest away I've ever been is Boston, and that was to meet you guys. So I've never been out of the country, and to go to this event would be awesome. You know, you could pretend you were there, take a bunch of crap in your garage, make something, and pretend like you got it from somebody else. Yeah. Oh, maybe some scandals and CDs. Yeah, there you go. You could pretend like you got it. And do it in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> one long, complicated sentence. I'll do exactly. a voiceover, just one many long commas. voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. Many, many commas. So, I, by the way, am not um, worldly enough to, to know how to insult the Brits. Just so we... I'll give you some pointers. Okay. Um, so here we go. My, uh, my weekly recommendation is... Uh, his name is Sean Boyd. And he's really just... One of these woodworkers that I saw as part of the recommendation that YouTube tosses my way very, very generously. And um, his style is very like mid-century modern, which which isn't specifically my cup of tea. But um, I appreciate the, uh, you know, just the skill and the videography and all the great stuff that I love, you know, watching woodworking videos for. Uh, so not specifically the style, but, you know, just the, the techniques. And I love learning stuff. And he's got a great way about his videos. So... Check that one out. And uh, that's that's what I got there. Um, our channels on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, I'm Phil Pinsky. Ironandsoul.com. Just a quick note about that. Um, I will be getting some inventory this week. Uh, apparently, there was an issue with the handles from the handle supplier to the to the saw maker. So that's why it's been slowed down. And I don't know why they haven't been so quick to share that information with me. I would have told them to split ship, um, but I should have inventory soon. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I'll get to the t-shirt thing you're talking about, but I just want to mention williamlutes.com for all things William Lutes. Thank you to Justin Sparks for that. Timsway.net for many things, Tim Sway. Um, thank you to Jason Payne for that. And uh, so now that I'm talking about us again, the podcast, we do have our T-shirts for sale at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com. They are selling like very warm cakes, from what mm-hmm. I understand. Mm. <laughs> the tepid, tepid cakes. Tepid cakes. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. Did you want to say something about the T-shirts? I just wanted to say that the first batch of hand-stenciled T-shirts shipped out just a few days ago. They'll probably be arriving in your mailboxes for many of you as you hear this podcast. And I encourage you to share them on social media. Yes. So we Please. can sell the rest of those tepid cakes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but it is a limited time for the stenciling thing. We have some some supplies left. We're not quite sure how limited. When should we wrap up the opportunity to get the hand stenciled? February. The rest of the month? By that the sounds cool. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That sounds cool. So the, for the rest of the month of February, uh, the, the shirts that we have in stock, I'll be. you can choose one of these stencils to support your favorite uh, member of the podcast, me. And um, 
and so far, uh, Bill Lutz is winning, so we have to stop that. You know who you are. Post haste. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't care who I don't care if it's Phil or me that you start throwing some T-shirt love at, but it's just got to go somewhere else. Yep. His head's getting so big he doesn't fit in the Skype screen. So do you know what he did to his headphones? Look, they're basically they're not an arch anymore. They're just straight. Uh, crescent. They're just <laughs> they're just horizontal at this point. Exactly. I, I just I just want to I want to reiterate that it's really not important who wins as long as it's this, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? The first day we meet you? We know what's up. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all the great stuff. We love hearing from you. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com by email or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. On iTunes, leave us those reviews. Um, actually, uh, iTunes is changing up their platform and they're now sort of providing some analytics and they, they actually – Apple figured out that podcasts are important so they're doing stuff. And so now more than ever, these reviews are super important. If you haven't had a chance to do so, we strongly encourage you to do that. You can hit up reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, and there's a link to leave a review right there. Um, on Patreon, patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio, the absolute best way to help these guys out, apart from the stickers and the reviews and all the other stuff that we said. Basically, we're asking to do everything. Just, just do it all is where I'm going with this. And thank you again to the the patrons that we do have. Again, that was pretty humbling reading out that list. Yeah. Sincere thank you. Yes. All right. Well, are we done here in the best episode we've ever done? uh, Yeah, I think think so. It's so good. I almost don't want it to end, but...